Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Hey, we've been in this series this summer called There's No Place Like Home. And uh, we've been talking about what really constitutes home and, and what constitutes feeling part uh, of something and what is it that God has for us. And this morning, we want to talk about community. We want to talk about relationships. But you'll notice we strategically have two stools up here, and, and that's because we're going to get... Um, uh, actually, I'm just going to kind of feed into it, but uh, Kirsten Snary is going to share with us this morning about community and relationships. Kirsten is in charge of our women's ministry and small groups, and then she just steps into all kinds of other things for her. I can't imagine doing this without her on our team. She's a student at Phoenix Seminary and uh, just a dear friend. And so, Kirsten, thanks for helping us out this morning. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, what, I, what I wanted to do is to have you fill in, them in a little bit more on what you do and then okay. share about your family. Okay. Um, well, I have the privilege of working with women's ministry here and small groups, and um, I get to do Bible studies and plan those and events and um, just kind of come alongside women one-on-one sometimes. And um, just I love creating community, and so I love being able to get people into small groups and... Um, and be able to be a support to them however I can. And your family? And my family. So I have a husband, Scott, who um, he is just an amazing partner in life with me. He's a great, fun guy that um, I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine doing it without him because he's just a, a great person to be around. If any of you know him, he's a lot of fun. Um, I have a daughter who is second year at GCU and she just moved in last week. She's going to be an RA this year, so that's pretty exciting. And then I have a son, um, Austin, who is 11, and he's in middle school over there, so he's finally in middle school. He was very excited to get over there, so. But you've seen Janelle, yeah. uh, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, no, I've seen just Janelle because yeah. she sings yeah. uh, with Aaron at, during the summer when she's home, yeah. and uh, Austin, uh, at nine o'clock this morning, he was with what two-year-olds? Two-year-olds. Two-year-olds yep. um, serving. Loves the little people. And then Scott leads the Thursday morning Bible study yep. for men here, and uh, um, you, you know the whole family's a great blessing to us. So we live great. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Austin sort of. Yeah. You might come during the week and see Austin, and what do they call those little things? They it's not a skateboard anymore. The rip sticks. Yeah. Yeah. And they're flying around these. You gotta love these cement floors, right? Yeah. It's flying best place to do it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Nice and smooth. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're going to talk about community this morning, yeah. relationships, and uh, so I wanted y- you to start with sharing with us what's, what do you see as the need? Well, there is a need in our culture right now for relationships in general. I think we have a lot of people who are surrounded by crowds all the time, but yet feeling pretty much alone, and I, I talk to people a lot who are they, they can't get away from people, but yet they don't have any depth in their relationships, and so they're feeling very lonely, and it's a, it's a hard place to be. And even if you look at social media, as much as I love it in aspects, um, I love being able to share pictures from a vacation or from a football game or something that's really exciting, but, um, but the reality is I'm not sharing my whole life, and I'm not sharing the hard stuff. And so people, there's this false sense of relationship that people have. People feel like they have relationships with people. And I have um, family who has said, oh, they feel like they know what's going on in my life, but they really don't if they're just looking at my Facebook page. Um, 
So that's just a false sense of, of relationship. But even looking at our homes, if you think about the way homes have been designed, in the past several decades, we don't have front porches anymore. There used to be front porches everywhere. And people would sit on their front porch at night and neighbors would walk by. And first of all, you probably knew your neighbors. And then they would end up on your front porch and never, you'd have a little impromptu get together. But that doesn't happen as much anymore because our homes are more designed for privacy and for retreat. You go in, you drive in, you close the garage door, you go to the back and you sit and you try to get away from the noise and the crowds and the people that have been making demands on you and you just want to be alone. And so we have this need in our culture for relationship, but it's because we are, we're craving more because we're created for more. We really are designed for more than just to be alone and just to be surrounded by this crowded loneliness. Hmm. Yeah. And so as we think about the need, we recognize that there is a need because one of the things that you said that you can be in a crowd and still be lonely, that, mm -hmm. that, that that's a possibility and that we've learned how to isolate ourselves and uh, and, and we, you know, I, I, f I find it fascinating that some, you know, that we can have no unexpressed thoughts on Facebook sometimes, <laughs> and then, but we get into real relationships and we're so guarded mm -hmm. and, and isolated and it becomes a, a real challenge. And I think it's a challenge here because it's easy to come and sit uh, on Sundays and, and, and then to leave and, and not really know people. You know, you can have a great 65 minutes and then leave and mm -hmm. maybe feel better for a little bit about yourself, but to sustain it, you gotta be, have friendship. You have to be so, in community. Yeah. And there are times, and there have been seasons in my life where I've had loneliness. I mean, I remember as much as it was a fun time in our early stages of marriage, I was craving couple friends. And then as much as I loved being a new mom, I was craving mom friends. Like there are different seasons that mm. I have had to pray, Lord, I need some friends. I mean, it's just been a, just been a challenge yeah. um, at different times for myself too. Um, but one of the things that I see is how God has created us for community. And there is this, um, he has, he's made us for not only to be in relationship with him, but to be in relationship with others. And so we see this in the very beginning in Genesis, in the creation story, when he says he's made all, you know, he's made the plants and the animals and the land and the sea and the stars and the moon, and he's made everything. And then he says, let us make man in our image um, after our likeness. And so just in the that little phrase, we could probably talk about what it means to be made in God's image for weeks, but one of the things that I see is that he says, let us make man in our image. So the Trinity is the perfect model of love and community. And so um, even when Jesus walked the earth, he prayed for this. And this is, I think it's amazing in John 17 in the high priestly prayer when he's praying for his disciples, and understandably that he would be praying for his disciples. They've spent three years together, but he's not just praying for them. Um, in John 17, 20 and 21, he says, I do not ask for these only, for my disciples only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I think this is incredible because Jesus is praying for anyone who is going to come to know him through his disciples, and that includes us. 
And that includes everyone who calls himself a believer today. And so he's talking about how he wants us to be in relationship with each other the way the Trinity is in relationship with each other. And they, they always have been. They have this perfect unity. And, um, and also the cool thing is, is that not only is he praying for us, he's praying that in the way that we relate to each other, that is huge. It says, he, he says that, um, that they may believe that you have sent me. The way we relate to each other is going to give his life and the gospel message credibility in the eyes of the unbelieving world. I think that's incredible. Well, I think if, you, if, if you're going to take the scripture seriously, mm-hmm. and, and you, then you have to deal with this because right. through the whole New Testament, one of the great themes is Jesus said, you know, love one another's, I've loved you. That's mm-hmm. where I've set the bar. Um, he, he said the great commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, and then he says that the world's going to def- def- yeah. know him by our relationships, by our community. So it's going to be, uh, you know, it, it's going to be how we communicate, but it's going to be how we live together, how we care for each other, how we love each other. So if we're going to take the scripture seriously, we have to deal with what it means to live in relationship yep. and community. I mean, that's remarkable. Yeah, I love that. And then the next example we see of God's plan or his design for us to be in community is, again, in Genesis, in the um, a creation account. And after each stage of creation, we, we see this phrase that says, God saw that it was good. So we see this over and over again. It's this little pattern. He made this, and then God saw that it was good. He made this, and then God saw that it was good. Until he gets to man. And then he's made man, and he says, it is not good that man should be alone. And the thing that I think is remarkable about this is that sin had not entered the world yet. There was no shame. There was nothing that shouldn't be idyllic about the relationship that Adam had with God. They're walking in the cool of the night in the garden, and it's this paradise. They're in the Garden of Eden. And, and yet God still says, it is not good that man should be alone. So as much as there is no human that can replace the spots in our hearts that are only designed for God, the same is true that God really did design us so that we would need each other too, and that he didn't mean for us to be alone. Um, And he says that it's not good for man to be alone because there are some negative effects that can, uh, we can have if we are alone. Isolation is not a good thing um, in our, in our overall health, but there are a few things that um, I'd like to point out about when we are not in community or in meaningful relationships. And the first one is that we lose perspective. We don't have an objective voice in our, in our life to help us walk through or navigate issues. If we have an issue or a struggle, a lot of times we tend to think it's a lot bigger than it really is because we don't have the, anyone to bounce those ideas off of. Um, another thing that is a detriment to us if we're in isolation is we, ha- we fear intimacy. So if you're not used to having relationships that are close, then you tend to fear those relationships. You tend to think, well, it's probably easier for me to just stay um, disconnected than to fear the rejection. If What if they know everything about me and then they don't like me? So you tend to just fear intimacy in general when you're not in, in community with other, be- with other believers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also dis- disconnected people tend to be selfish, and that seems understandable. If your life revolves around your schedule, your goals, your needs, 
then anybody who's going to disrupt that, it's going to be a big deal. And you're just, you just tend to be more self-absorbed if that's all you have to think about and you're not in community with other people. You know, my um, middle son was the emoter uh, in our family. And, <laughs> and uh, he used to, something would go wrong and he would always say, it's the worst day of my life. So <laughs> he had multiple worst days of his life, you know, growing up. Yeah. And so I got to a point where about middle school, I started asking him, okay, it's the worst day of your life. How does it compare to like the last worst day of your life? Is it like worse than the worst day? I mean, how, how do you figure out which really the worst day of your life? Because he kept having them. And, 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 <laughs> and I feel like that when we live in isolation, yeah. when we don't have relationships, that, that it's just all about us. Mm-hmm. And so everything that happens, it's the worst thing. It's the be- you know, it's right. all about me. It's how I feel at the moment. And so you know, we <clears throat> we even made sure that our boys were uh, serving and involved in in uh, serving the poor, serving, doing mm-hmm. other things, so that they would have a comparison of okay, the worst day of my life is nothing compared to people that mm-hmm. don't have nothing. And and to get perspective, um, you know, you know that way. And um, I, I actually um, took your four. Actually, I have one more, though. Oh, you have one yeah, more. Did I, I have one more. Poor okay. health. Yeah. So um, if you are not in community, you tend to have um, a shorter lifespan. So you can have great health habits. You can eat well, exercise, do all those things. But if you're not in community, statistics show that your lifespan is going to be shorter mm-hmm. than those people who maybe don't have such healthy habits, but they have social ties. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, like... Let's just do a comparison. I'd rather have the ice cream sundae with a friend than broccoli alone. I guess that's the way you should look at it, right? Like, you might as well. Yeah, Twinkies, ice cream sundae, whatever. But you might as well have the fun food. But actually, you should probably go on a hike with your friend too. But um, just... The, the deal is it's, you have better health when you're in community and you have relationship and meaningful relationships with others. Yeah. yeah. So n- yeah. now my... I looked at your list, yeah, and I'm a Googler, yeah, and so I I thought, okay, let's. I I don't disagree. I I think you're right about it, but I mean, seriously, being lonely is bad for your health. But right. but there have been hundreds of studies, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I actually found one that that uh, ca- uh, on a blog called the Doctor's Tablet, and it said social iso- isolation results in a lack of opportunities and mental stimulation uh, activities that are thought to keep the brain in good condition and reduce the risk of dementia, um, create better health. And, and so um, this isn't just our good idea, right. but th- this is getting documented constantly that people who live in isolation, people who don't have relationships, people who are lonely, uh, tend to have poor health, tend to have right. other issues um, because they don't have those people in their lives. Right. And we have to realize as believers that we are not, um, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. In uh, Ephesians 6.12, we read it, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And the enemy would really love to isolate us. And just like a sheep is not attacked when it's in the herd, when it's separated from the flock, that's when it's going to get attacked. And just like we, if we are separated from community and with and relationships with others, that's when we're going to get attacked. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to remember. It is. So what are the benefits 
What are some of the other benefits of being in community with other believers? Yeah, so we've talked about some hard things, you know, like how it's not good to be isolated, but, it's, and how, but we do want to talk about what the benefits are. And so um, I do love community in general and just relationships in general, and I love to know my neighbors, and um, I think that's important. And I think I love doing a block party, and I love getting to know the, the sports, you know, like the sports moms and the kids at school and all that. But what we're talking about is not just being a good neighbor and being friendly. That's personality. It's more about when you're a follower of Christ, you need to be in relationship with other believers to mature in your faith. It's, it's just a great way to mature. We can come here on Sundays and listen to um, Larry preach, and we can sit side by side and be challenged, and we can learn but we're going to mature in our faith, and we're going to be developed in our relationship with others and with the Lord when we're in community with each other. Um, Jesus created the first small group mm-hmm. <laughs> when, he had, when he called his disciples, and he called a bunch of guys together who all had issues. They were all sinners, and they walked together and talked together and prayed and, and ate, and they did life together for several years. And I love it because not a single one of them had it all together, just like not a single one of us has it all together. But their lives were transformed when they spent time with Jesus and when they spent time with each other. And I think that's what is... um, that's what God intends for us, is that we spend time with each other and we become transformed to be able to be the witness for the rest of the world looking on. you know, it's interesting. I feel like I can be pretty spiritual sometimes when I'm all by myself. Um, I can love God and love others and love the world pretty well, but then God puts me in relationship, and that's when the fruit of the Spirit that is there has an opportunity to grow. I can't always be the most patient person all by my- I can think I'm the most patient person all by myself until I'm given opportunities to be patient. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are the things that we develop in our lives when we are in relationship with other people. Um, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says. We just grow and we mature in our faith when we're in community. Um, and, oh, so... We have a couple different types of small groups I wanted to tell you about. So we call them small groups here at North. Um, You've heard them called different things, home fellowships, um, home groups, um, a variety of different things. But here at North, we just keep it simple and we call it small groups. And that's when we have people of um, just gathering together at different times, different homes usually. Some There's one that meets here um, for childcare. We have people in the different stages of life. Some of them are couples and singles. Some of them are all with adult children. Some of them are all with young children. And it's just a great way of getting to know other people. And especially if you're in one of those seasons of life where there can tend to be some loneliness, that's a great time to be involved in a small group. Um, But we also have different types of groups too. We have men's Bible studies. Um, Like Larry said, we have the one on Thursday morning meets every Thursday morning at 6.30. So if you you men are wanting some community, you can come on Thursday mornings. We have women's Bible studies. We have mops. We have a variety of ways where you can gather with others and get to know them and get in community with people. You know, Kirsten, one of the great myths about small groups is that um, 
it's an opportunity to uh, be with people that we like mm-hmm. and are like us. And, and even in that, you know, there's no saying that you can't choose your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're born into a family, you know, that's your family and you get along, you figure out life together. And part of the beauty of a small group is that it's not always, there, sometimes there's conflict, sometimes there's differences, and yet learning how to love each other through those things is part of how God uh, grows us Absolutely. and uses us um, and uses other people in our lives. And I think that's really important. Absolutely. In fact, one of the purposes of small groups is for that very reason. Um, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we, small groups exist for the purpose of growing in our walk with the Lord. We are called to love God, love one another, and, and what better way to do that than when we can encourage each other through that process. Um, and that happens through a variety of ways. So each group, when they get together, we have um, basically five different things that most groups go through. The first one is share. And um, you usually just share how everyone's doing in your group. And for some groups, this can take over the entire time. For our group, sometimes we're like, okay, it's been an hour, and I think we should probably get to the study part. We've been having so much fun eating or um, talking about what's going on. But we just want to catch up with each other, see how everyone's doing. Um, The second thing is studying. So, for instance, if you're in a small group that does sermon-based discussion questions, that's one of the models of some of our small groups where we come to church on Sunday, we hear from Larry, we go back to our small groups, and we dig in a little deeper to some of those passages that he um, shared with us, and we we talk about that together, and we um, wrestle with some ideas, and we um, just encourage each other in the Word, and so that's one of the ways, but there are a lot of groups that will, um, for instance, there's a group that's going to be starting a parenting series soon. One group came and said, hey, we would love to learn a little bit more about prayer, so they did a study on prayer. One group had a theme in their group where everyone was feeling fearful. So let's see what God has to say about fear. And so there's a variety of studies, but each, each time you do get together, you're going to open up God's word together and you're going to learn and grow together in that. Um, and then the third thing would be support. Um, that comes in a variety of ways. We just listen to each other. We encourage each other. Um, you sometimes help people and support people practically, child care or helping them move or whatever whatever's going on, taking a meal, um, praying for each other. Those are all ways that we support each other. Um, in Ecclesiastes 4.12, uh, we read, in, And though a man may, might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. When you have people in your lives that can come alongside you and support you in times that... Sometimes there's nothing they can do but pray, but um, it's just an amazing gift to have people to support you through those times. Uh, and then the, the fourth one is to serve. Um, when we are in groups, sometimes you learn your spiritual gifts just by being in a group. Sometimes those will bubble up to the surface. You'll see that, wow, this person has the gift of hospitality. We're going to let that person host. <laughs> and then someone else may have the gift of leadership. Let's have that person lead discussion. Um, and then, so we just, we get to know each other's gifts when we're serving together. And, um, uh, 
And it says in Matthew, oh, let's see, in Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, it says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Part of being in community, I think, is just being able to equip the whole body of Christ. When we are, we see different small groups coming together and helping the church. When we have a need, sometimes we'll ask our small groups first, and they come and, and help out, and it's, it's just been an awesome thing to see how they can serve together. And then prayer. Sometimes I have noticed I would love to fix things. I'm, I'm kind of a fixer, and so when someone has a problem, I really want to fix it sometimes, and I can't always do that. And I think sometimes God puts us in each other's lives, maybe just to pray for those people during those hard times. We've had parenting issues, financial struggles, job issues, um, lots of different hard things that we've had to walk through, and I can't fix them, and sometimes the best gift I can give to my group is to pray for them, and sometimes that's the only thing I can do for the group. Um, in Matthew 18, 20, it says, for where two or three three are gathered in my name. There am I among them. C.S. Lewis had an idea that if, if he has one friend, he doesn't see that whole aspect of that friend until he gets in community with other people, and then someone else draws out another facet of that friend. And so if that person, if the second person is gone, then all of a sudden you lose that part of that first friend. It takes a multitude of people sometimes to get to know one person. And um, what C.S. Lewis said was, by myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. And then Timothy Keller, um, he says it really well because he says, if, if it takes a community to know an ordinary human being, how much more necessary would it be to get to know Jesus alongside others? By praying with friends, you will be able to hear and see facets of Jesus that you have not yet perceived. I have a group of women that I pray with on Monday mornings. We pray every Monday at 6 o'clock, and there's not a lot of things that distract our schedules at 6 a.m. on Monday mornings, and so that's why we picked it. But praying together has shown me sides of the Lord that I didn't see before because we're in community together praying, and you hear someone else's heart and then you think, wow, I've never thought to boldly talk that way to the Lord before. And so it's just an amazing part of being in a group is praying together and for one another, too. You know, one of, uh, one of your small groups uh -huh. is our staff team. Yes, exactly. And <clears throat> when we get together on Mondays, um, we, uh, we, we try to have a meeting through, one of, you know, in spite of one of Sherry's parties. Um, as we go. <laughs> so, we, you know, we, we have a party and sometimes a meeting breaks out. That's kind of how it works. <laughs> um, but we also pray. We take all the prayer requests and we pray through those prayer requests together. Mm -hmm. But before we do, we also just go around the table and talk to each other about our families and what's going on. How can we pray for mm -hmm. each other? And so we add things always to those prayer requests mm -hmm. because we know how important it is as our team to be, uh, to be praying for each other. And that's a big part of our Absolutely. you know, the relationships on our staff. Absolutely. Um, last week, Pastor Larry challenged us with faith and how um, sometimes we just need to get out of the boat like Peter did and walk on the water. Sometimes that's what 
being in community is like. We are challenged to get out of the boat when we have other people coming alongside us like that. So I, I know that um, as much as God wants us to be in relationship with him, he's truly wanting that for ourselves to have relationship with each other. In Matthew 22, a lawyer asked Jesus what, he was testing him, and he said, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And I think it's important to realize that these two commandments are not just one-time actions. They are daily intentional actions to love God every day, to love others. And when we are loving others, we usually have to be in relationship with them to love them well. We can't, we can't love them from afar. I know a lot of us would like to sometimes, but we have to be in relationship with others in order to love them, and that's what God has called us to do, those two big commands. Um, and so I challenge you um, to think about the relationships in your, in your world. Think about the community that you have in your world. And, and do you have people in your life that can encourage you when you really need it? Do you have those people that can come alongside you and encourage you? And do you have people in your life that can really challenge you when you need it? And notice I didn't say when you want it, because often we have blinders on, and we don't always see the areas that we need to be challenged in. But if we have people in our lives that we love and that we trust, and we've built that community and we've built those relationships, then we are going to be more able to hear those challenges from people when they, when they do need, need to challenge us, not just, want, we, not just when we want them to. Um, but if you do not have those, I just want to encourage you to come talk to me, come talk to someone on our staff, and we'll help you take the steps that you need to get into community with others. Okay. Yeah. Pray for us. I'd love to. Lord, thank you so much for the ways in which you show us in your word how important it is to be in community with others. Thank you that you want us to love you with all our hearts, but Lord, you also want us to love each other and how what a great uh, privilege that is and how it's also an awesome responsibility, um, how it shows the rest of the world who you are by the way we love each other. And Lord, I thank you for um, the relationships that you've given me. I thank you for um, the relationships that you will bring. I, I pray for anyone here who is um, needing relationship, Lord. I pray that you would give them the faith and the courage to step out of the boat and to seek out relationship, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.